Good morning, and if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Paul's letter to the Colossians. We're just going to read a few verses from chapter 2, starting to read at verse 1. I want you to know how much I am struggling for you, and for those at Laodicea, and for all who have not yet met me personally. My purpose is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love, so that they may have the full riches of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and delight to see how orderly you are and how firm your faith is in Christ. So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Let's just pray before we look at those verses together. Our Father, we thank you again for the privilege we have to be able to gather around your word. And as we do this, we pray that we might hear your voice as you speak to us through this letter of Paul, and that it might be an encouragement to us all, and that we might continue to encourage others. Our Father, we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So this little passage that we've just read together, I've sort of titled it a pat on the back and a push in the right direction. You know, we've been looking at the letter that Paul wrote to the churches in Galatia, and this was a stern letter. It was encouraging the believers and encouraging them not to be enticed away from the truth of their acceptance by God. That acceptance that was by their trust and belief in the fact that Jesus had died in their place as he took the wrath of God from them and put it upon himself in order to pay the price for their sin. Now Paul wrote this Galatian letter to expose the false teachers and to encourage the true believers not to allow themselves to be confused by what these Judaizers were saying as they tried to enforce them to comply with Levitical laws, doing that by being circumcised. And they were saying that they had to do this in order to secure their salvation. Now, Paul knew how they were struggling. He knew that they needed to pull themselves up by their bootlaces. You see, they needed to go back to basics, go back to how they came to believe in Jesus so that they could see how and why they had to deal with these false teachers who were teaching false doctrine, which was contrary to the true gospel. Now, this letter to the Galatian churches was not necessarily a pat on the back, but it was a push in the right direction. You see, Paul's mission was to preach the gospel but he also had a desire to encourage those who had accepted Jesus as their saviour. Now, whether his letters sounded harsh or complimentary, or maybe a mixture of both, they were all written in love and in concern for his readers. Be it a challenge or a rebuke, they were all written with love, 
with genuine concern for the well-being of his readers. And in these letters, we find honest words of truth and words of encouragement. As we do right through our Bibles. But we're just considering for the moment these letters of Paul. Now, Paul's letters are all an evidence of these things. And we see in what we might call his follow-up work, which was just as important to him as his initial contact with people. You see, Paul would preach, teach, encourage and nurture And he even wrote letters to people who he had never met and people who had never met him. The letter to the church of Colossae, the letter that we read from this evening, was one of those letters. Colossians 1 verse 5 through to 8. Let me just read this to you from the first chapter. Paul said this as an introduction, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you in the same way the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace you learned it from Epaphras our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in spirit. You see, from that we gather that unlike the churches in Galatia, here in Colossae, the believers, they were being complimented for their understanding of God's grace. And this was while they too were contending with false teachers, the Judaizers, who had also come into their church, who were trying to enforce them to comply with the Levitical laws by being circumcised. And this morning, I want us to consider a few things about this letter that Paul wrote to the Colossians. You see, Paul had heard about this church. He'd heard from his friend Epaphras. It's quite possible that Epaphras was in Ephesus when Paul preached the gospel, and that could be when um, Epaphras became a Christian. And then he took it back, the message of salvation he took to his town of Colossae, the message of salvation through Christ. And this is what Paul said. In the introduction to his letter, this is what we've just looked at, and verse 7 through to verse 8. You learned it, that is, the gospel, from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf, and who also told us of your love in the Spirit. Encouragement. You know, encouragement is a a two-way street Paul here has been encouraged by what he's been told about the believers in Colossae and what he has heard has inspired him to write this letter to them to encourage them in return. You know, encouragement shouldn't just be a pat on the back. It should also be a push in the right direction. And both 
resulting in a desire to keep on going. You know, when you think about it, we all need encouragement. And you know, encouragement brings results. We could say a little encouragement goes a long way. So we come to the passage that we read together, chapter 2, verse 1 through to 7. And in this, it's encouraging to know that someone cares. And Paul cares for these people. So let's consider what Paul is saying to his readers in Colossae. Colossians chapter 2, verse 1, he said, I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. This is not just a polite comment, a nice introduction. This is an earnest request. This is an earnestly about the way Paul says, I want you to know how hard I am contending for you. You see, there's a purpose in what Paul is saying. He wants them to maintain what they're doing. Why? Because what they are doing deserves approval. And he also wants them to continue to do what it is that they are doing. So we come to verse 2 and 3 of chapter 2. And I've headed this, listen to what Paul goes on to say. So, 2 verse 2a, the first part of verse 2. He said, My goal is that they, that is, those in Colossae and in Laodicea, those believers in those places, my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. You see, this encouragement, it's from the heart that is felt in the heart it's Paul speaking from his heart something that needs to be accepted by his his readers, his hearers, his listeners in their hearts it is sincere so the result of it will be a true unity a unity with each other, a unity in love that will lead them to be encouraged and to go on and encourage others. You see, Paul has already been encouraged by them. Now he's encouraging them to encourage each other and to take that encouragement to others, not just here in Colossae, but to the churches in Laodicea. So we come to the second part of verse 2 and verse 3. And we might ask ourselves the question, you know, to what purpose is Paul doing this? Well, he tells us, so that they may have a full, so that they might have the full riches of complete understanding, in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You know, there's. So much in this verse, what Paul is saying is to know the mystery of God is to know Christ. Because it's in Christ that the mystery of God is revealed. So it's not a mystery that 
is to be to, to remain hidden. It's a mystery that is to be discovered. And it will be found in Christ, in knowing who Christ is. Listen to what Paul said to Timothy. This is on a similar subject, and it's found in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. And he says this, Beyond all question, the mystery from which true goodness springs is great. He appeared in the flesh, was vindicated by the Spirit, was seen by angels, was preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, and was taken up in glory. This is a description of Jesus. It is to know him, is to know the hidden things that have been revealed to us about him. It's to find the hidden treasures. It is to know that he is our Lord and Saviour. This is the hidden treasure. This is part of the mystery. Now, Paul has already referred to this mystery in this letter to the Colossians. If we go back to the first chapter, chapter 1, verse 27, he said, To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of his, this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You see the reference there to the Gentiles. Part of the mystery is that this will be revealed to the Gentiles, the knowledge of God, the knowledge of who Jesus is, and the treasures that are there to be found in his name. So this statement of encouragement should keep them and us active and inspired, inspired by the hope that we have. So let's move on to the next verse in this chapter 2, which is verse 4. And this will be part of their defense against the false teachers. Because Paul says here, I tell you this, so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. In other words, he's saying, be encouraged by the realization that you have the wherewithal to withstand those who will try to deceive you with words. So, now that you have the wherewithal, continue to be bold as you defend the gospel. Because that's what these people were doing in the church of Colossae. You know, this reminded me of the words of that chorus. And really, they, they fit in quite well. You know, that, that chorus, be bold, be strong, for the Lord your God is with you. I'm not afraid, no, no, I am not afraid, not me. I'm not dismayed because I'm walking in faith and victory. Come on and walk in faith and victory, for the Lord your God is with you. This is what Paul is saying to these people. This is where you get your strength from. And then if we come to verse 5 in this passage, Paul is saying to them, look, you are not alone in this. Now, we know that God is with us, that Jesus goes with us, but it's good to know that we have other people with us. And Paul is saying this to them. He says, For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith is in Christ. 
See, unlike the churches in, in Galatia, this church in Colossae is standing firm in the faith. They know what they believe. So Paul can pat them on the back as he pushes them into the right direction. Verses 6 and 7, the last couple of verses we're going to look at this morning in this chapter 2 of Colossians, and it's all about encouragement. And Paul is saying, continue to do what you are doing. You're doing well. He's commending them. He couldn't do this to the, to the, the churches in Galatia because they were so worried about things and were getting confused. That's why it was a, a, a stricter letter that Paul wrote to them. But in verses 6 and 7 of Colossians chapter 2, he said, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See the, the difference here in this letter to the Colossians, to the one that the Galatians needed to hear. That This is some encouragement for the Colossians to continue. Uh, for the Galatians, it was, look, you've got to get hold of things. You've got to hold hold of the grace that God has given you because this is where your salvation lies. But here, these people know that. We read that at the little bit we, we looked at at the beginning of our, our talk this morning. But as we draw to a close, encouragement brings action. So what is Paul saying? And what is God saying to us through these words of Paul? Well, he's saying encouragement brings action. He's saying continue to live in Christ. Then he says, be rooted in the gospel. And then he's saying, build yourselves up in a faith that is taught. In other words, you know the scriptures. You know how you came to become a Christian when you took Jesus as your saviour. So build up and build on these things. And he says, overflowing with thankfulness. Heartened, animated, inspired, and emboldened. You know, these are the things that encouragement brings. Continue to live in Christ, rooted in the gospel, built up in faith that you have been taught, and overflow with thankfulness. Be encouraged. We need it. Because very often we only see the darkness and the gloom, the doom and the gloom, and we all need encouragement. Let's go back to Colossians chapter 1 and just have a look at verse 24. And Paul here speaks about the joy of the gospel. He says, Now I rejoice in what I am suffering for you, and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, which is the church. You see, Paul 
loves these people. Paul cares for these people. And that's why he writes this letter. And as believers, we all need this kind of encouragement. A pat on the back. And a push in the right direction. You know, even the first followers of Jesus, the disciples, needed to be encouraged. And Jesus encouraged them many times. Let's just close this morning with one little bit. It's found in John chapter 16. And if you read through verse 16 to 33, this passage here is, in most Bibles, titled, The Disciples' Grief Turn to Joy. And in that little passage, in verse 33, Jesus said, I have told you these things, so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And I want to leave you with that phrase this morning. Take heart, I have overcome the world. And just one verse to finish with, and this is towards the end of the letter, to the Colossians, it's chapter 4, verse 16. After this letter has been read to you, see that it also is read in the church of the Laodiceans and that you in turn read the letter from Laodicea. And I'm going to add to that. After this letter has been read to you, see that it is also read to the church of the Laodiceans and what you in turn read the letter from Laodicea and the people in Croxteth are to read this letter as well. That's God's desire. That's God's wish. That's why it's still here. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for the importance of your your word and the importance of these letters that Paul wrote and the, the very fact that you have preserved them and by the power of your Holy Spirit you have made it possible for us to read them this morning. So these letters are written for us as well. So we ask that we will make them ours and we will respond to the encouragement that they bring to us. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.